Hey folks, welcome back to the DC3Cast. I am Brian. With me, as always, are Zach and Vince. We're going to talk about comics, specifically the DC Comics released on April 25th, 2018. But first, we have some news and rumors to get to. You know how we love rumors, boys. Um, secrets. Secrets. DC. Secrets. How um, dare you speak to me. <laughs> well played. Uh, so... Our, our friend, Uncle Rich, Rich Johnson of Bleeding Cool, ran a series of articles last week where he talked about uh, DC's uh, fresh start. Now, before we get into what he was talking about, I, I just want to take a moment here and just kind of call bullshit on this whole enterprise. Rich seems to think that anytime new creators come on a book, it's a total new like continuity or whatever, and... I think if you if you just watch comic solicitations, you see that every, let's call it six months, a couple of new creators are brought in to make things fresh and, and you know to to make to, to to bring some new life to some new titles. And everything he reported sounds great and sounds interesting, but it doesn't sound like a fresh start. It sounds like a half dozen books. Well, that's just, I so, think yeah. that's just him being provocative and. Uh... Like, he's just trying to get people riled up because he's using the same terminology that Marvel's using right now. Yeah, I, I well, think he does you're right. He does all the time. He, yeah, yeah, exactly. He does, yeah. I, I think there's truth to that, Zach, but I also think that, that in doing that, he's ignoring... And, you know, maybe he realizes it, but he maybe he realizes he's doing this, but he doesn't talk about it enough, that this is just the way comics are now, you know? Um, and that's the take home point. It's not, it's not, uh, uh, re like relaunches or continuity resets or wipes or whatever you want to call it are the thing. It's just relaunching books when you switch creative teams is just the thing that's going to happen now. It's a way without DC and Marvel saying it, it's a way to create that sort of Netflix seasonal effect where, or just TV in general, the seasonal effect that like you pull a book by this creator and that's one season of Wonder Woman essentially. And then it's going to relaunch and now it's, uh, you know, whoever the next creator's season is, you know, it's not, it's just the way things are now. It's not something that needs to be acknowledged as if it's some uh, initiative, you know? And I think you're going to find that, um, you know, maybe five years down the road, DC will do some big, perhaps, uh, you know, another zero-hour style or rebirth-style initiative across the line. But just because Green Lantern and... Aquaman happen to be getting new creators at the same time doesn't make it some company-wide thing that needs to be acknowledged as if it's there's some banner to it, you know? Right, especially because if you look at the four books that uh, Johnston highlighted, one of them appears to be a new title, and the other three appear to be ending or working towards conclusions that were set up a long time ago. Like all these books have had the same creative as of the same writers since 
uh, rebirth started. I guess how how Jordan the Green Lantern Corps has Green Lanterns has not. But I think the point stands. These books, these arcs are kind of running their course to begin with. These runs were coming to an end, and that's because they're going to be like fifty issues in, and that's that's a nice long run. This isn't the New Fifty Two where. Or even Rebirth, where, you know, Batman Beyond number 11 was cancelled for next month to have Batman Beyond number 1 again. You know, it's just, it's a different, it's a different beast, that's all. Yeah. And again, the books I, don't again, really have, is, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was just, I, I just feel like this is, like, the clickbaity aspect of it, though. Like, this is, like, Rich had some scoops, and he needed a way to, like, package them up to, to you know, double, triple the hit count that he would have gotten otherwise just by releasing them individually or whatever. He made it into an event in itself. You're not wrong. Because the internet's an awful place. Oh, it's bad. Yeah. But it's also a great place. It is a good place. Mm, I mean, we're on it, so... Exactly. Can't be all bad. Exactly. Alright, so let's let's get into these announcements. So, uh, the, the big one... The one that we're all really excited about, uh, rumored to be uh, Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp taking over the Green Lantern books, or at least a Green Lantern book. Liam Sharp illustrating Grant Morrison art, uh, Grant Morrison script rather. Um, boys, this is our dream come true. <laughs> Mo- mostly. <What? laughs> I I really don't like the Liam Sharp idea uh, i don't i don't i don't think i like the idea of liam sharp on this book why because it's too similar to van skyver yes a hundred percent yeah i get that but i but i do like liam sharp's art so i, I, I do too and according to uncle rich the the rumor was that it was supposed to be van skyver and that after oh, well, he good. started goose stepping more fervently in public they decided <laughs> it was time to uh, maybe not do that so, um, you know, not that that makes it better, but I mean, I, I would take Liam Sharp over, uh, it does make it better. What are you talking about? It I, does make it better. Yeah. Um, um, but man, but like, at the, like, who cares? Like Grant Morrison on Green Lantern is like oh, all I've ever wanted. This is like the one thing that we've ever gotten right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But of course, it's it's very easy to say. Well, Grant Morrison should write this because Grant Morrison should write everything. Right. So. That's true. But you you raise an interesting point, Brian, where you say, well, we don't know if this is just a green, the generic Green Lanterns title, or whether it's multiple titles. And that that's an interesting point because I don't think you can correct me if I'm wrong. But I don't think Morrison has ever done the thing where you write where he writes both. Uh, you know he he's never done like the Bendis thing where Bendis writes two books featuring the same characters so that he can write more. Mm-hmm. And the the thing about his like run on Batman is that he, yes he wrote issues of Detective, Batman, Batman and Robin, Batman Incorporated, but they were all at different times. They all like bled into one another. They they weren't like concurrent. And the other thing I think what so, refresh my memory what. What was happening in Batman proper while he was doing Batman and Robin? There was some uh, uh, was, uh, Battle for Winnick. the Owl type stuff, and yeah, that Winnick. Was Winnick. Had... Yes, okay, yeah, okay. Sorry. And then and then Tony S. Daniel took over. Yes, everything. 
Yes. And that was Dick as Bats. Yes. And Snyder was doing Detective. Well, that was was after because that was at that time Detective was Dick's book, Batman was Bruce's book. That was Batman Inc., yeah. That was Batman Inc. time. Yeah, Grant was writing Batman Inc. at that time, is yes. what I was. Okay. Who was yeah. writing Tech during? Oh, Tech during that time was Baraka Williams on Batwoman. Yes. Yes. So Man, that was such a good time. So the other thing I think about Morrison is that he, he does, like, to his credit, he works pretty well with other writers. It doesn't seem to me like Grant is one of those guys who. You tell him that, uh, you know, something else is happening in a different book and he throws a fit about it, you know? Right. He seems like a guy – He he's had his plans ruined before. We've, we've, we've oh, known this. All the time. Yeah, we know this to be true. And he keeps coming back because I think he, you know, just from reading like Super Gods and the end of his Batman run, he understands how the sausage is made and he accepts it for what it is, you know? Yes. Um, right. Yeah, he has electric blue <laughs> – Superman power the moon up and do cool stuff. So yeah, he's just yep. the best like that. He's the king. Well, that's that's Kirby. Well, yeah. See, I could see a couple of scenarios here. I I could see them trying to give him the two books and seeing what he does. But I think more likely is that he launches a, for lack of a better word, a Man of Steel like Green Lantern events. And then spinning out of that will be his Green Lantern book and another book or two under different from different writers. Um, yeah, which sounds great to me. You know, um, I just hope it's not Mark Miller. <laughs> that, <laughs> it won't be. But that uh, whole could you imagine that? <laughs> the boys are back in town. <laughs> I wonder if, like, the days of the Green Lantern franchise supporting more than one book are a little bit... I I feel like it would take Morrison on the book for maybe about a year to, like, build up enough, like, story material and interest to, like, successfully support more than one book. I mean, I'll say this. Those books do well enough that they're both still double shipping. Yeah. Yeah. I am really kind of surprised that, like, Green Lanterns didn't go single or something. Like, I could, like, Venditti's pumping out Hell in the Green Lantern Corps. I can't believe that we still have seven issues of that left. Um, but, yeah. Well, also rumored. <clears throat> Excuse me. Is um, Rob Williams leaving Suicide Squad to have Brian Azzarello take the reins? Um, I, I, I have a complicated <laughs> relationship with Azzarello at this point yeah. in my life. As do we all. <laughs> yeah, I think we all do. What do you guys think about this announcement? I mean, Azzarello is boomer bust for me. When when he booms, he booms, and when he busts, he busts. And Suicide Squad is like probably the biggest uh, bust-worthy title that I can think of. Like that, it would take like the perfect writer and creative combination and concept to make it work for me because I've just 
hardly ever liked it. Um, so he's got a lot stacked against him, but I'm definitely interested in moving on from what's going on right now. So Zach would speak on it. I don't know. I think <laughs> the number of Azarella things that I've like read and actually like just loved is a lot less than the things that I've read and was just mad on. But I mean, this seems like if you're going to get Azarella to do anything, this makes sense. You know, I, they're probably going to bring back the dang Joker is going to be in this <laughs> squad. Like if, if Azarella's on it, it's going to be the Joker and Harley Quinn show. Oh, and it's no. going to be super twisted. Forget everything I just said. This is the worst. <laughs> but maybe but maybe Eduardo Riso will draw it. And then that would be good. That would be a way better idea than I feel like DC is capable of. I'll be honest. Like This is, this is the kind of thing that we make fun of so much now. Like I think if this book had happened now... We would just goof on it all day, but I loved his Flashpoint Batman. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I did too, yeah. I mean, it can't be any worse than what we're getting now, right? No, it can't. I might actually read this. Well, we're all going to read it. Yeah. Well, I might actually keep reading it. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, aside from from uh the aforementioned uh Riso, who who would have to be on this book to make it a must buy for you? Uh, um, I mean oh gosh, I hope they don't do um Bermeo. Like well, nothing against him but it'll be one issue every nine years. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Jim Lee. No. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just going to say the answers I always say. Joel Jones, you know, but like that's not, you know, I'd rather she be on Catwoman I'd say I'd say Bogdanovic, but he's saving Silencer right now. <laughs> we will talk about that comic later. Um, <laughs> A little. I have one very big comment to make about the comic. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, to be honest, especially if they keep the members of the Suicide Squad team the same, I don't know if there's anybody that really interests me. I'm so sick of these characters playing off each other. Oh, I hope they, like, shake it up. I hope that we never get a Suicide Squad 2, so we never have to go back to that well. I can do Suicide Squad, but I can even do, like, a Joker-Harley Suicide Squad if the the rest of the cast was not Killer Croc and (laughs) Enchantress and Deadshot. You know what they should do? Get Alish Cott to finish his Suicide Squad run. Nah, I don't think so. I think that ship sailed. Oh, I know it's it sailed. <laughs> but that would be better than all this. I guess. I don't know. You didn't like that? I liked it then. I'm kind of over Alish Cod. Oh, I'm not over him. I mean, I, I have not cared for much of his recent stuff, but I liked that run. I did. I don't know. 
Um, so uh, another rumored writer coming onto a book, Kelly Sue DeConnick on Aquaman. Now, I, this is the only one I have somewhat mixed feelings on, because I just love what Dan Abnett's doing on Aquaman right now. But getting Kelly Sue DeConnick on a monthly DC book is really good, and Abnett's going to keep doing DC stuff. And, and it, when all said and done, he'll have done quite a few issues of, of Aquaman, and probably is getting close to finishing the tale that he wants to tell. Uh, what do you guys think about this? I think it's a brilliant choice. I think it's a brilliant and unexpected choice. It's a pairing I, of character character to creator that I would have never guessed. Well, and also you think about it, following the trajectory of where Abnett's story is going, so so assuming this all happens and it all shakes out, if this if Abnett's run ends, you know, here in the next before the end of the year and he's kind of able to wrap up all the threads that he's been doing, he will have had a really, really great Aquaman run. Um, and assuming he leaves it in the place where Mara is queen of Atlantis, that would be a really great place for Kelly Sudaconic to come in and tell a super awesome Aquaman book that is potentially really Mara centric. Yeah. But 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 I want I want women to be able to write male characters. Too, well, yeah, you know, yeah, so. for sure. Um, but just thinking about like the way the book's tracking right now. Mm-hmm. Right, right, yeah. Which I've got stuff to say about the Mara book. <laughs> yeah. See, I think that Aquaman, for the first time in, in a long time, has a. Uh, a really solid supporting cast to play with as well. Like you mentioned Mira, Zach, but you also have, um, you know, Tempest is not going to be part of the new Titans team, it appears. You mm-hmm. have um, Dolphin. You have, uh, uh, what's the half-sister of Orm? Tula. Tula, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's... Yeah, there's... there's even, like, there. Orm yeah. in, in Mira is, like, a... I mean, I guess I'm kind of tipping my hand at stuff I want to talk about when we get to that book, but I, like, did not expect that character to ever be, like, after all the Throne of Atlantis junk and everything, um, they're doing, Abbott's doing cool stuff with him. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that, you know, I'm trying to think now, has Kelly Sue ever done a straight-up team book? Uh, I don't know. She did do, um, I'm almost positive she did a few issues of not Secret Avengers, um, or was it Secret Avengers? You know, that was in my head too, but I don't know if that's just, you know, me and she, she, she did Avengers Assemble, that's what it was. Oh, wasn't that with Bendis? Binda started else. it. Yeah. Binda started it, and then she took over. Um, Binda wrote the first eight issues, and then Kelly Sue DeConnick took over for the rest of the series, I think. And that was pretty well received, if I recall. I think so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think that you know she could turn it into. Not a not a obviously a, a real team book, but just to include those characters more in there. 
because we are. She can bring back the others. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say <laughs> I don't think we're at a place for a second Aquaman title right now, but I think that given a given another year or two, like the last year or two, and I could see some of those characters deserving more of a spotlight. Apparently, yeah. I've stunned you to silence. Um, so, last book rumored, David F. Walker on a Flash book, not replacing Josh Williamson on the Flash, but adding a secondary Flash book. Uh, could this possibly be Flash <clears throat> Speed Force, the book that was that was rumored in the first term of the Obama administration? <laughs> well, hold up. This is supposed to be, I think, a Flash title under Brian Michael Bendis's banner. That, like, that... Uh, imprint that he's going to have apparently did rich say that or is that just something he did say that okay yeah so so i i don't think it's going to be concurrent to necessary i mean i suppose it could be but it sounds like it's some some other animal a young animal? not a young animal though. not a young animal a old dirty bald, animal bald animal um there's one other thing too that he talked about that uh, oh shoulda woulda coulda. Well, let's talk about this first for a second. Um, okay. Have either of you guys read a lot by Walker? No. Um, I've read some of his Marvel stuff, and I I liked it well enough. Mm-hmm. You know, um, his cyborg was a mess, but everybody's cyborg's a mess. And his cyborg was not as bad of a mess as other cyborgs. Oh, no. No, I mean, all things considered, his cyborg was probably the best cyborg in the last... The best cyborg title in the last uh, decade. But at least that says... Yeah. That says more about how... <laughs> what was that? He said, he said nothing at all oh. <laughs> when I said that says. Okay. I'm just going to pretend you're uh, stupid, sexy Flanders. That's what nothing. he's going for. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to yeah. pretend he's the Bleeding Gums Murphy ripoff from uh, from the... Uh, from who's uh, that? The Semper. John Semper, Semper. Jr., yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that, first of all, I I like Walker. I liked his, his uh, Luke Cage stuff he did at Marvel a bit. And he did that Shaft comic that was really good. Like, way better than the words Shaft comic should give you in your head, you know? Just a really, really nice job on that. Um, I think that it makes some logical sense if they were going to give him a Young Wally book. But like we were talking about Kelly Sudikata, I also want... I want writers of color to write all characters, not just Mm -hmm. other characters of color. So I'd be happy if he was doing any Flash book. That doesn't... you know, I, I think the Flash family does deserve a second title, even if it's just yeah. a title under under Bendis' weird imprint or whatever. Well, imagine if he was writing, like, a West family book where it's it includes Wallace and it includes uh, older Wally and, you know, potentially extended members of that family, you know? Yeah. That'd be great. This is going to come up later in the show, but... Are we just officially calling Young Wally Wallace now? Everybody else is. Yeah. Okay. I'm fine with that. It's an elegant way to deal with that problem. So, there we go. Wallace. 
So, Zach, why don't you tell us about the, the woulda, coulda, shoulda? So, Uncle Rich says that um, we could have had a Matt Fraction, my pal Jimmy Olsen book. Oh. Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, I mean. Um, but, alas, the stars did not align. Which could be another way of saying that Matt Fraction would never write for DC in 100 years. No, I think he could, but it's such a weird world that that could even be a possibility. Yep, that feels like a perfect match for him. Though it really does, and and just like as part of the Bendis Superman line, that's that's fantastic. Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of mad that we heard that and it's not happening. Like agreed, yeah. That uh, it feels to me like it would be of the same. Uh, uh, spirit as the FF title that ran concurrently with his yes, mm-hmm. which was much better than his Fantastic Four title. Yeah, yep, of course, because it was drawn by Mike Allred. Exactly. Yeah. Um, now, was it was it Nick Spencer uh-huh. who did the Jimmy Olsen one shot and backups for a bit? I, yeah. I don't, I don't know who that is. It, it was. Oh, sorry, Sick Dancer. There you go. Who was on art for that? Oh, uh, it was someone good. I can see the art in my head, but I can't. Silva, RB Silva. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Whatever happened to RB Silva? He went to Marvel and then disappeared. He did. He did an issue or two of something between, like, in the last couple of years at DC. I'm pretty sure. Talk amongst yourselves. Hold on. Um, yeah, I always liked his stuff. Me too. I mean, he was kind of like, I always compared Jorge Jimenez to R.B. Silva Ooh, until, Jorge, until Jorge Jimenez, like, broke bad and was awesome. Um, the last thing I remember Silva doing was some Star Wars. I know he's done some other stuff, but he he did a few issues of the um, Jason Aaron Star Wars. Uh. Um. Okay, I don't know. I could be lying. I could be full of shit here. Did you did you guys see the other case of good things we can't have because Doomsday Clock exists? <laughs> Uh, which one? Uh, What's this week's installment? Um, we supposedly were going to get a Morrison quietly Superman story in Action One Thousand, but it stepped on some Doomsday Clock. Wow, that's plot threads. What? Why does that even matter? That do, like those stories don't even need to feel like they're part of any. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. That's another Uncle Rich original, but yeah. I mean, but like, think about, yeah, I don't know. I feel like those stories didn't need any uh, tethering to continuity necessarily. No, they didn't. Like Tom King's, Tom King's story could have taken place in any shitty continuity. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, literally none of them were tied to continuity, really. Except Juergens and Bendis, probably. Yeah. And I mean, like Juergens even just like slightly in that certain characters appeared. 
Right. So, right. Well, sideways is yeah. the key. <laughs> sideways, yeah. It's clearly slotted into a specific period of time. Sideways is the cornerstone of the DCU now. Sorry to break it to you. Sorry he if this is, offense. He yeah. is the fifth leg of the Trinity behind the <laughs> Trinity and Harley Quinn. Yeah. Yep. He uh, just ousted Hal Jordan yeah. recently. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll be back in just a minute to talk about the two titles. Hello, everybody. My name is Mike. And I'm Greg. And together we are Robots from Tomorrow, a twice-weekly podcast appearing at MultiversityComics.com. Each week we take some time to check out books and shelves on Wednesday that are worth your attention. And each month we dissect the previous catalog. We also have long-form discussions about books we've enjoyed, like Dan Clow's Ghost World and Jack Kirby and Mike Royer's Commanding. And if that's not enough, we also do creator interviews. Some of the talks you'll find in our archives feature Mike Mignola, Leila Del Duca, Sean Martinborough, Emma Beebe, and Greg Rucka. So that's a lot of content for everybody. Please subscribe to Robots from Tomorrow in iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss a thing. Robots from Tomorrow has hours of comic-focused entertainment week in and week out. And now, back to your show. Let's do it in ways that make us feel good. That wonderful musical interlude brings us back to the show. Uh, we're going to start with background number 22, written by Hope Larson, illustrated by Mink Yu Young. Did we know, by the way, until recently, this was going to be officially Hope Larson's last arc on the book? No, but I'm mad about that. No, I don't think so. I actually don't know that I knew that. Did I know that? DC recently, uh, I want to say it was when the exclusive preview for this issue came out, tweeted something like, check out the preview for the first issue of Hope Larson's final run on, on Batgirl. Mm-hmm. Nope, didn't know that. That's disappointing. Because who was um, solicited for the 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 new writer's been solicited? Not the new writer, but you know, potentially the new writer or a new writer or a fill-in writer has been solicited. Well, there was somebody. Who was it? Somebody was solicited for. I want to say it's like whatever, maybe issue twenty-four. And then 25 is one of those oversized issues that has, like, Marguerite Bennett's writing a story in there and somebody else, too. And oh, I presume, that's... The, I presume the new writer wouldn't start until 26. Yeah. Yep, okay. That's, yeah. Yep. Marguerite Bennett, Marguerite Scott, and Paul Dini. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, yeah, but this this issue certainly felt like the beginning of a final arc with, you know... Um, referencing characters from the very beginning of the run and sort of being able to tie together some of these doing the thing it's like what we talked about last time right yeah what book was that we were talking about it with ah was it um gosh i don't know which book was it we literally had this conversation like last week or two weeks ago yeah we did um it was another book that was kind of winding down Green Arrow? No. Mm-hmm. Nightwing? No. I don't know. Hey, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, grandmother got run over by a reindeer? <laughs> what the? Hot Rod. All right. Um, no. I'm sorry, I had a joke that a reference that fell flat on this podcast. 
You just got to bring it back by saying uh, Silver Surfer in the Flash again. Yeah. Keep it with B. There you go. Um, Unfortunate. But what do you guys think of this uh, this issue? Um, I just, I love Hope Larson's t- take on this character. It's so well balanced between Batgirl and Barbara Gordon. And uh, Minkyu Young has been a delight throughout Rebirth, where, wherever he's appeared. Um, oh, yeah. I, I really like this a lot. I like this a lot too. Um, I was waiting the whole time because the you know the title of the issue, which is on the first or second page, is what it's like looped. Strange something loop. keep keep it loopy. Um, Strange. Thing. And so I was waiting for you know okay she's she got shot by this gun thing she's gonna be in a time loop Groundhog Day something and I was waiting for that reveal and then as the issue went on and it kept going I, I i was starting to think well maybe that that opening was just a weird non sequitur maybe it doesn't have anything to do and then when it loops back to or when you when um fruit bat pops in mm-hmm. um and it's this weird ghost fruit bat i was like oh okay okay and i liked it a lot but but I was ready to just like let that go and just think, okay, this is a good comic, even though that opening <laughs> had nothing to do with anything. Yeah, my one fear with with an arc like this is just that if the book has picked up new readers since it started that weren't there from the beginning, they might be lost to some of this stuff because we we literally haven't seen some of these characters in almost twenty issues. Um, but that's a minor minor gripe. I love mm. this comic. I think it's really fun. I think Hope Larson has such a great take on Babs, and uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm sad to see this run go, but I hope she's doing yeah. something cool soon. Definitely, uh, Super Sons was the book we were talking about that did this. That's it. Yep. By the way, <laughs> yeah, yep. nice, nice pull, nice pull. I'll pull um, you. Oh boy. All right. <laughs> Boy, Batman and the Signal, all? number three. Uh, did you just say the hammer pulls? <laughs> what did you say? The hammer pulls wolf? Huh? <laughs> Thor Ragnarok. I'm just making you say it as many times as I can. The hammer pulls you off? <laughs> we've got a gig? Murray, Murray, we've got a gig? Ginger balls. <laughs> A leggy blonde. Leggy, 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 Brit. 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 All right. <laughs> this has been a random plan of the Concord's words with the DC3 cast. Um, so, from the annals of... Holy shit, I forgot this was a book. Here comes Batman and the Signal number three. You oh, man. This was I, um, I literally forgot everything that happened in this yep, book. Yep. Wow, you guys. Read a lot of Dere- comics. We do, yeah. Derelict, derelict in your duty to remember that this was a book and what happened in it. <laughs> I am ashamed of you. Um, this was a... a we, remember when this started and we thought, wow, this feels like kind of important and eventful and special. 
I don't think I ever thought that. Well, okay, maybe you didn't think that, but we talked about it. it was we didn't talk about it. You guys tried to sell me on it, and... Well, I'm here to tell you that you were right in the end, Zach, that this <laughs> ended up feeling extremely conventional. Um, and I don't think that means that it's necessarily a terrible comic, just that it's a pretty average one. Um, I want to note the continued influence of Destiny 2 on DC Comics because um, no, no, Noggin, no man, no mon, um, <laughs> is wearing a, a sweet set of Curse of Osiris armor in this in this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. Yep. yep. Bungie will take their checks. <laughs> um yes and also just all the loot boxes oh so many loot boxes in this issue um man Uh, uh, duke has a really hard time getting the the hints that this guy's his dad i could not believe (laughs) how dense he was in that case it's just like you know you look just like me son what yeah, I, I fucked your mom. What? Like, like he just he's, he isn't getting it. Isn't getting it over and over again. Your mom left with you in her pregnant belly. Exactly. And some fool married you my... you, married her and raised you as their own. Huh? What's going on here? That, that was the Conan O'Brien flipping his wig. Yes, it was. Totally. Oh. Huh? Yeah. Uh, that was. Uh, my, yes, you are the literal product of my seed, Duke. <laughs> yeah. Not only no, that, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> in the issue, Batman says, "I know I trained you to be hero second and detective first. Like, dog, you failed <laughs> because he he can't put together very very clear pieces here." Uh, well, that's fine because now he's got his own, uh, Jim Gordon. So now is his father, his own Joe, Joe chill or or what? I don't know. Um, I can't believe they went to the, to the, Hey, the bad guy is actually your father. Well, um, that seems like the, they could have at least just said like uncle or something, you know? Wait, you're Jeffrey that would have been Morgan great... will probably play him in the in the adaptation. <laughs> He's but he'll actually be playing Deathstroke <laughs> yes. as yes. Duke's father. Well Deathstroke's brother. Father. Deathstroke's uncle. Yeah. Uncle so does father that make Damien Duke's brother? Yes. Uncle Father Deathstroke? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh just wanted to share with you my pop secret. <laughs> <laughs> There's always metagenes in the blood. Um, so th- there are a couple of books this week that I felt ended in totally anticlimactic ways. And this I feel was- this was absolutely one of them. I feel like this, you know, um, whatever the fuck his dad's villain name is, set up this. No. In- was it? No, G- Gnomon. Oh, Gnomon, yeah. So, Gnomon. Yeah, Gnomon set up... Gnomon the Mystical Ninja. <laughs> yes. Uh, Gnomon set up this, this like, I have an unbeatable plan, you can never beat me, and then he just beat him. Like, it was, it was, it was really, really, you know, under, underwhelming. Uh, yeah. 
I want Duke to work. I want Duke to be a good character. This did almost nothing to make that happen. Yeah. And, you know, you guys may say that I'm wrong, but I, I really thought it was going to turn out better. Um, and it didn't. So that's, yeah. I also feel like for something that was supposed to tie into metal so much, it really didn't tie into metal at all. No, I know. <laughs> that's true. But that first issue really felt like it would. Yeah. And then, then it kind of didn't. So. Nice Cully Hamner art, though. Oh, yeah. Always. Yep. All right. Let's um, let's dig into Batman Beyond. Vince, did you open it? I didn't even peep at this. Me neither. Zach. I, was, I wasn't even curious. I didn't open it, no. All right. Let's move along. To Detective Comics number 979, written by James Tennant IV, illustrated by Philippe Briones. Um... So I I have some mixed feelings about this issue. Uh, I do want to say off the bat, a lot of nut faces. The Detective Comics is the nut face book of our times. It really is. For sure. It really is. Um, This is one of those things where knowing it's the final arc, I'm a little bit more critical of it because I want it to tie together all the amazing things that happened in the first, you know, 50 issues or so of this run. But I, I, I can't help but feeling like this is just going to be a... Uh, this is just kind of a rehash of what we've seen before in this book. Am I crazy? I mean, it feels like... It does feel kind of like it's coming full circle. I don't know if I would say it feels like a rehash... I mean, we've literally already seen Tim bite off more than he can chew and and do... I mean, not only that, we... Like, this... Our, our Tim is now future Tim again. It, it just seems yeah. like it's, it's a little well, bit... Well, that's the... That is the thing coming full circle. I mean, you're you're right in that it is very samey, but that's because it's it's paying off upon the story that it's set up. You're right in a way that's not exactly surprising. Yeah, for sure. But but we were literally being told that this was where everything is heading, and uh, Ulysses' main goal is to make that happen. So oh, that's fair. Okay. Yeah. Um, I gotta say that I really enjoyed this issue. I enjoyed the Brionis art, um, as uneven as it was. I thought the depiction of Ulysses was so much fun visually. He totally looked like a like manga or anime rival uh, throughout uh-huh. this. Like with a lot of the posing, a lot of the facial work is absolutely like the rival in a manga, in an over-the-top manga, getting the upper hand. And I have to say, one of the top ten anime betrayals of 2018 <laughs> 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 to, to, to play upon a meme. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really liked it. I li- I loved. I thought the art was very playful in a way that this book doesn't always get to be. And um, yeah, I'm 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 digging where this is all going. I loved uh, Steph Brown just crushing grape sodas 
uh, <laughs> when Cass and uh, and Batman walk in on her. She loves a fago. Yeah, just uh, just crushing them. Just she is down with the clown. And, uh, yeah. DC's resident uh, Juggalo is that what you're saying? Man, I would love that to be just like a random thing they have to shoehorn into every issue. Yeah, it's because the juggle the Juggalette is not Harley; it's Steph Brown. Right? Yeah, yeah. Fucking magnets. Yeah. Zach, what do you think of this issue? It was very good. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. It wasn't my favorite issue of this run or arc, but it it was good. It was serviceable. Oh yeah, I'm not saying it wasn't good. I, I just feel it just feels a little samey to me. Yeah, it felt like you know we're we're in the middle. I, I it set things up for a, a good conclusion in the next couple issues. It got staff back on board. Yeah, it did. Um, and uh, I like that they're involving uh, Luke and Asriel a little more too. Mm-hmm. I like those characters quite a bit. All right, well, let's hop over to Doom Patrol number eleven, written by Gerard Way, illustrated by Nick Darrington. Oh man! If only this came out on time. Yeah. Everything yeah. makes so much more sense now. Yep, Milk Wars. Like, Milk Wars, Justice League of America. Yep. Everything makes so much more sense. This was a blessed comic. It was so good. Pro- I mean, issue easily, I think, my favorite Yeah, issue of the week, for sure. I'll go sign that, yeah. Oh, man. So much good shit in it. Um I just like this is one of those things though where like I just want to know how this sausage got made because how the milk got made you mean how the milk got milked <laughs> what kind of s- space cow got milked to make this and so, uh, I have nipple Zach you milk me <laughs> yes um <laughs> Because, like, I wonder, you know, was this really, you know, issue 12 had been solicited? Was that supposed to be the end of this arc? What, did they have to change anything? What took this issue so long to come out? I can't think it was just all an art thing. I mean, Way has said that he's the reason the book is delayed. He did? Okay, I didn't see that. Or at least, so he, at least he said that a while ago. I don't know if that's still the case. At one point he did say that, though. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I just, I just wonder what happened. Um, but man, this is still just a spectacular issue. Yeah. Ha- so Haxalon, the Star Archer, totally Rom Space Knight. Yep. <laughs> Withheld due to copyright. Um, Darrington is just a master. He's so good. Mm-hmm. The the man. It's amazing just how much stuff happens without a ton of explanation. How much of the story is actually just being told with the art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and how the story doesn't really hold your hand. You know, we get the whole the whole sequence of um milk milkman man being like placed in the rocket and shot off 
happens but is never really referred to at all. Like it's all going on in the. I mean, it, it's happening, and panels are highlighting it, but no one is talking about it happening. Mm-hmm. Something I wish Big Two Comics would do a lot more of. Yep. I think that's something we talk about on the show, how, like, uh, Brian's the one who brings it up usually, about how we see things in the art, and there just has to be this narration pasted over it that literally explains what you see in the panel. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this instead this we have this, doesn't do that. This, yeah, yeah. Instead we have we do. There is a narration going over it, but it's this recurring narration from um, um, what's her name, Jane. I assume that's Jane, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because that comes up later in the issue again. Mm-hmm. Um. I love the uh, I love the little the designs of the little like drone characters that sit in front of the TV and want to be entertained. Yeah, the whole time. <laughs> I love when uh, Lucius comes in at the end to just to like literally kind of save the day, and is basically like, "We're off on this other really complicated adventure. We'll probably see you down the road." Yeah, and, and then just disappears. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is just uh, such a such a wild comic. Um, answer answers to questions that I a completely forgotten about and b never thought I would see again, like the the significance of the euro from yep. the first issue. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like just craziness. Um, confirmation that Casey and her cat did bone. Yep. yep. Yep, and then that's okay because they're consenting yeah. adults. I believe the phrase it says is like, "It's okay. I can get down with whoever I want to." Something like <laughs> yeah, that. with whoever wants to get down. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah, so great. I do want to say just an interesting bit of a uh, turn of phrase here at the very, very end of the panel. It says, "Follow the Doom Patrol in Milk Wars Volume One." Yeah. Like, obviously, that's talking about the Milk Wars we just read, but Volume 1 implies there might be more Milk Wars in the future. That is weird. Yeah, that is weird. Like, you think they would just say, follow Doom Patrol in Milk Wars? Uh-huh. I guess they have to say... I don't know how else they would differentiate the the collection. Why does it matter? Because that's what they're, that's what they're turning towards, because it says June 2018. Right, right. In stores June 2018. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that is interesting, though. I mean, I, I, Milk Wars was great. I now like feel like I need to go back and reread all of Doom Patrol, <laughs> all of Milk Wars, and all of maybe not all of, but a good chunk of JLA, because mm-hmm. now I can actually maybe understand everything. Yeah, <laughs> I have a lot of JLA thoughts. We'll get to that in just a few minutes, though. Yeah. Uh, anything else about uh, about Doom Patrol? No, it's great. It's the it comic that it's the comic that continually restores my faith in DC Comics. I just that hope they, that, that they know what a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I just hope it gets so, some sort of normal schedule. Even if well, it's like one issue every three or four months, I don't care about that. It's just I find yeah. it very hard to have to to keep track of everything when who knows when it's coming out. Yeah. I wish they would do like the uh, 
Mike Allred style guest fill in issue every once in a while. If it if it is an art thing, you know, if it's a Gerard Way thing, then that's different. But you know, yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, number forty three, <laughs> written by Robert Venditti, illustrated by Rafa Sandoval. Rings hot, gentlemen. <laughs> did either of you read this? I I, I did. Me too. I read it. It was really hard to read all the words, considering we we are pretty sure Grant Morrison's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I want to draw your attention to the worst Kyle Rayner that's ever been drawn. Was this oh, this issue? That hair, that hair is he looks like terrible. Steven Seagal. He does. <laughs> he looks like uh, he looks like Jared Leto in American Psycho. Yeah. And I, I wish somebody would take an axe to him yeah. at this point. <laughs> um, so, seven more issues. Yeah, there was the one panel, I guess it's the double page spread of like the lanterns all flying across space. And there's a number of lanterns in there we, we just haven't seen in a long time because, you know, someone like Arisha or... Um, yeah, look at that bouffant she's got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or even Kilowog, like who we, we just haven't seen a whole lot of lately. That's why I hope the Green Lanterns aren't going down to just one book because there are so many decent characters there. Yeah, we've got a. I think I had mentioned before, and you guys met me with a fair bit of um, arousal. Um, not arousal. <laughs> no, no. You were a little incredulous, but when I mentioned that, like, Vendetti had created a lot of cool new lanterns and, like, mm. used them a lot um, in the earlier bits of the run, but then they fell off. 2-6 is one of them. The, oh, the girl with the cool, like, head tendrils and the arm tattoo. I mean, Her I thing was that she was, like, super good with math, and she was a cool character, and I think this is the first time we've seen her, and maybe this whole... Rebirth run? Oh, I don't remember her at all. I don't think about her at all. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. You're back, Zach. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, man. Got Rop Rop Lop fan, though. Yep, I don't know what that word means either, but yep. (laughs) Isn't that his name? Yeah, Rot Lop fan. Pop Pop. Pop, but the fact that you call it Rotlop fan. <laughs> so, well done. Yeah. I think the worst part about Kyle Rander's costume he's currently wearing, which is also his original costume, is that it flattens out his nose. So in any silhouette like we have in the PDF here on page, uh, the bottom of page... Come on. I know the it's well. I'm not looking at the PDF, but it's the one where he's like, you like grimacing and saying a towel. Is that the one? Yes, and like it looks like he has no nose because yeah. this is, it just looks so weird. Well, the emperor has no nose, <laughs> and you are a pun machine tonight. What else do you do in response to this? That's true. Mm, yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to a book I really want to talk about, and that's Justice League of America number twenty nine. Oh, man. Written by Steve Orlando, illustrated by Hugo Petrus. 
so first of all, with the knowledge we now have from Doom Patrol, this makes a lot more sense. The brick mm-hmm. makes sense. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, everything makes a lot more sense. The God of Superheroes makes sense. Yes. It's crazy to me that Orlando would hinge this last arc so much on Doom Patrol stuff and like the Milk Wars stuff. Yeah. I, but I, I like love it. that. I, yeah. I, I love it. Like, it's fantastic. It's another... Co- I, I think the best comics are the ones that you read a decade later and you're like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, was, what was going on during this point in time? I would even maybe go as far to say that I think this is the best arc of the book. It's I think close. this issue... This issue cemented that, I think. I me. think so, yeah. Yeah, knowing what I know and what he's done here... Um, and and Kronos ending up with Lobo in the end, it, it even pays off on Lobo having left the team, you know? It's, mm-hmm. oh, man. But I also like how Petrus shows us how well each of the male members can grow facial hair. Oh, the, the glorious Batman with the beard. That Batman with I, the beard, man. I want more. Yeah. I want more of that. More bearded Batman. More bearded uh, Ray Palmer. Can we... Uh, do we need to like wait a little bit longer? Can we go ahead and jump right to the end? We gotta talk about the end. Let's talk about the end, baby. So, do we think... Uncle Rich again thinks this is going to be a new title. The Justice Foundation book. Or do yes. we think this is just going to be something that operates in the background for a bit? I think it's going to be a new title. I want it to so badly. So essentially, this is like a, a superhero think tank where they, you know, use science and all this to come up with, with new ways to, to better fight crime and all that. But the lineup here, I don't know who some of these folks are. Let's I talk, think I let's know talk most it. of them. Right, so, so obviously, the ones that appear in this issue, we have Aztec, Black Canary, Vixen, The Atom, and Killer Frost. Let's go yes. from there. And and Ray. And the Ray, yeah, I'm sorry. And the Ray. Yeah. yeah. And so there's uh oh I I can there's... I can't I can't remember his name. Extrano? Yeah, Extrano. Yeah. From Midnighter. Yeah. Or where he showed last showed up in Apollo and Midnighter. Which mm-hmm. one is he? I I'm not recognizing him. With the hands hand on the far the... left. Oh yes, 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 yes. Okay, okay. It, all the way to the right, is that the guy, is that the Ray's boyfriend who's also on the team? Oh, probably. Maybe. I kind of thought there was a point where maybe that's him. There was I another, there was another like street clothes guy who showed up earlier in this arc and I remembered having trouble placing who he was and now, now I really can't remember if that was that would make sense. He was the one I was staring at all day, and I'm like, oh, it's probably just that guy. But who knows? In street clothes, it's hard to tell. Yeah, I almost kind of wondered if it was actually Ray Palmer. Oh, that could be it too. Yeah, yeah. But I don't they, know. They've been they've been drawing Ray Palmer with. Uh, uh, haven't they been drawing Ray with? Like lighter colored hair, maybe I can't remember. It's yeah, he's not the only nondescript 
white character on this page that I don't recognize. Uh huh. So let's go through who else. Who else do you recognize, Zach? Um. So well, we so there are a lot of characters from his Supergirl run right. here. There's the electric blue Supergirl. I mean, super yeah, lightning girl. Mm-hmm. Um. There is that guy in the the Iron Man suit up there. I can't remember his name. Um. But he was in Supergirl as well, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then. So at first I thought that guy down at the bottom was Buona Beast, but so actually apparently he's Freedom Beast from Grant Morrison something or other, right? Animal Man, yeah. I think. Um, but I think oh, yeah. he's shown up in something too recently, right? Yes. I've, I know I've seen that costume recently. Yeah, I couldn't tell you where though. I can't either. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure he has shown up recently. Maybe even in this book. I can't remember though. I yeah, like he was. A, he was in a reread for us. He was in issue eleven of this book, okay. so he has shown up. Yep. Um, and then, and then the only other one we're missing, I think, is the the woman in the, uh, the white lady like, the in workout. White. The, we Fit Trainer. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's who it is. It's the We Fit Trainer. Oh, my God. <laughs> Zach, you got it. I got God it. Damn, you're good. But for real, though, I don't know who she is. Oh, wait. Is she the uh, is she the girl who um, Lorraine Betty, the normal girl who has a seat on the board? Oh, she might be. Oh, yeah. yeah that's I probably think, yep. who that is. Yep. I think you're right. Yep. <laughs> Obvious. I mean, not obvious, but... Well, you know, yeah. All right, guys, we solved it. We solved it. Um, but I love this idea. I love this team so much. I think it's a really fun idea. I just wonder how it's going to translate to a comic. Like, yeah. it's, hard, it's hard to show the things they're talking about doing in a comic. Mm-hmm. It would almost be cool if these characters were just hanging out in the like new Justice League, in the um, in the, yeah, in the hall, and would maybe just like you know they would be side characters doing cool things, and every once in a while maybe one of them would join with one of the other teams, right? Yeah, or maybe they. I, I could see us having. I could see Orlando coming back for like a six issue mini. Um. Kind of like Apollo and Midnight or something. Yeah. Um, what was the name of that team? It was a Marvel book that kind of had a similar concept to this. Let's call it like 2010, maybe 2011. Uh, the FF. No, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> no, it was like a. Um, um, it was a team of all the super genius, like of all the Avengers AI. No, before then. I tried to Google this before and I couldn't find it. Was it, wait, oh. was it uh, Rick Remender? Maybe. Did he write it? Uh. I feel like Matt Malikoff will know this and I'll report on that for next week. Speaking okay, of reporting on do. things, reporting on things, I found out what happened with the Action Comics 1000 last week. That oh. that Paul Levis, Neil Adams story wound up in the hardcover, not in the flop. Yes. Interesting, okay. That's all. Um, man, all the super geniuses. 
Or not really super. It was. I don't know. Oh. I'll, I'll I'll figure it out. Um, but no, I think this is a super exciting idea. God bless you. Bless you. Thanks. Did you notice that he snuck in another unexpected, unexpected cameo? No, where? Um, the fur the page that begins weeks later, and there's that scene in the bar and. The Firebrand girl isn't uh-huh. she a unexpected character? Mm. Oh, she might be. Yeah, good call. Anything else to add about this? No, I don't think so. Mm-mm. This I, was a really it was a lot. It was a good end to a book that I was really up and down on. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well done, Orlando. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, I'm going to try and get him back on the show sometime soon. All right. Apparently you guys don't care, so maybe I won't. Well, just just don't tell him about all the times I said bad things about JLA. I won't. Don't worry. <laughs> I was up with Mirror Queen of Atlantis, number three, written by Dan Abnett, illustrated by Lam Medina. <laughs> Zach, you had some thoughts on this you wanted to share. I liked this a lot. Um, because at first, okay, I disliked the last issue because it, it was just a lot of story tropes that I don't like. I didn't like the stuff with Orm, like leaving his new family to go do stuff. And I love how this issue, like Abnett just cut through all of that and dealt with it in a really real and rational way. Like I love the care, the, the, the role that, um, um, Aaron, is that her name? Yes. Yeah. I love what she does for this story because it's just like, thank you. There's one rational person in here. Yeah. I enjoyed this issue too. Again, I think Abnett is just doing such fun stuff with these characters and has made me care about these characters in ways I never really did before. I think Orm is way more interesting here than he's ever been anyplace else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I my only thing that I'll say about this, because Zach said Zach said it all, is I almost wish that this were in the Aquaman title proper after whatever arc is I underst- I understand that it's happening concurrently essentially Mm -hmm. but i feel i feel i worry that people who are reading aquaman might be tuning this book out and i almost wish that this were allowed to just be more a part of the main aquaman title in some way yeah i can see that but i i also i really like when two books can work in sync Mm -hmm. like this and I build do too. Off of I just, each other. Yeah, I just think about sales, and I just think like, oh, I hope people are reading this. Yeah, but, but you're know. right. You're not wrong. I wish I had more to say. I thought Lam Medina is doing nice work here. Um, even if his orm has a, like a faux mullet sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, 
can't fight the mullet in DC Comics. Like, it's going to catch up to you eventually. That's true. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Mother Panic Gotham AD, number two. Written by Jody Hauser, illustrated by Abraham Mustafa. Man, I, I really like this book. Vincent, yeah, me too. I was going to say, I think that this, I think this book has improved greatly by incorporating more of the familiar Gothamites. Um, and I, I kind of feel bad saying that because it makes it seem like a book like this needs to be linked to Batman for it to work or for me to care about it when that's, that's really not the case. I just think the writing and the plotting is better and more interesting as Jody Hauser has been incorporating these different characters like Catwoman, um, like this version of the Joker. The, I mean, this is this is a version of the Joker. I am sick of the Joker, right? But the way that he's being portrayed here is interesting and different to me because he's very much not in... He does not have the upper hand at all. Right? I mean... Yeah. He's kind of like a wayward... Just a wayward uh, soul right now in some ways. Plus, he, he says things like gentrification is the real villain here. Yep. yep. Which is... Um, I... Yeah. The Joker was right. So... Um, but yeah, him, um, really like all the way that Ivy Catwoman and to a very small degree, Harley Quinn are used here. It's all really good. It's the kind of thing I really like in a good Elseworlds type story. Everyone, all those characters feel true to the essential pieces of what makes them unique but they all don't appear to be exactly the same as we always see them. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's, that's really important. This is also the weirdest version of Gotham City Sirens that we're ever going to yep. get. Again. Yeah, you're right. And uh, I just want to say, Ibrahim Mustafa should draw this book all the time. Oh, for sure. That dude is so good. Uh, I just... Um, I know we were all really kind of down on the first volume, but... This I I think I said it before. This is the book that's definitely benefited the most from the Milk Wars reboot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I just love how versatile Mustafa's art is. Like, there's a couple of pages that take place in the uh, the new Arkham where it's like the hospital, you know, and the lines are super clean and everything's presented very sterilely. And then just a few pages later, you, you we wind up seeing that. Is that supposed to be Lex Luthor, by the way? <laughs> it really looks like Lex. The guy it does, and like, but nobody nobody ever calls him that by name. Right. So I just I don't think so. But and those those pages are so filled with chaos, but also like beautifully laid out chaos. And uh, it's just his work is just so versatile and so enjoyable. And uh, yeah, this is this is head and shoulders better than the first volume. mm Hmm. Head and shoulders. Anything else to add? No, I'm. I'm. I, I look forward to this book a lot now. I, I really, genuinely, am excited to see what happens next. 
which I never would have thought. Did anybody open Raven, Daughter of Darkness? No. No. All right, moving on. Did anybody besides me open Suicide Squad? No. I opened it, but I didn't do anything else. It's garbage. Okay. Moving on. Oh, so this is something I, I do want to talk about a really annoying thing that Suicide Squad did, which is that um, essentially the wall and Hack, who has hacked the wall, give um, Amanda Waller an ultimatum where they say to her, either we kill your family or we release the uh, Task Force X documents to the world. And, you know, Amanda Waller, you think she's going to choose to kill her family, but eventually she says, release the files, I protect those who need protecting or something like that. And at the end of the book, someone's like, so Amanda sucks she had to release those files, and she was like, oh, they're fake. <laughs> and it just totally undercuts any any bit of tension that that sequence had. That, that's been this entire run, right? Like, yep. it's constantly undercutting its own... And it's it's almost like it's doing that on purpose as some sort of parody of uh, this type of comic, but it's just not... It's not fun <laughs> in doing that. Yep. Agreed. Alright, let's get to Teen Titans number 19. Written by Ben Percy, illustrated by Scott Eaton. This is the end of, of Percy's run. The end of the It Ain't Easy Being Green story. Um, <laughs> I felt that there was a weird little bit of uh, like synergy here. Because this cult feels very... Uh, feels not too dissimilar to the Allison Mack of Smogville sex cult story happening. Right oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. The weirdest story of the year, by far, that one. Yeah. Um, yeah what, what do you guys think of this issue? Anything to write home about? Um... Yeah, I don't know. that. I read this. The arc wasn't great. I really liked the last page. I'd love to talk about the last page. All right, let's get there. Yeah, let's talk about the last page. Because that's the only thing I really read. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Brainiac flies in with three Brainiac ships looking for some... Uh, He's looking for justice, and he's not going to find it. Yep. And the Teen Titans, yeah, it continues next month and no justice. And I just love, I like the composition of that page. It feels very epic in scope, and I love how the, sort of the point of view is behind all of the Teen Titans. It feels very classic to me. Yeah. I didn't really care for this arc enough to talk about it anymore, but. Mm -hmm. I agree. This was an unfortunate arc to be the end of the book. Or the end you of you meant run. you meant classic Vince in that we get a well framed shot of Starfire's derriere. Yeah. Yep. Somehow T and A in the same shot. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. I believe that's called getting sprung. <laughs> I believe that's called getting Ed Benest. Yes, indeed. Uh, anybody open the Demon Hell is Earth? I opened it. I paged through it. Apparently, 
at the very end, I, I read the last couple pages, as I want to do with books like this, and apparently, apparently, Jason Blood and Etrigan are essentially separated at this point, although... Until the next Jay- time somebody wants to use them and they'll be suddenly back together? Yes, exactly, and they basically comment as much on that. And Jason says something like, you know, I wonder if I'll be able to call on him whenever I want to or something like that. There's a lot of references. There's a lot of very fourth wall lampshade hanging references to uh, uh, he says, here we go. Uh, I can feel him at the back of my skull. Not pushing, though. I know he's in hell. A return to the status quo. So they, they like call out literally that, you know, this is a. Essentially, a reestablishment of the relationship between Jason and Etrigan, but that it's fluid, and the next time they need to use these characters, uh, it can basically all be undone again. So it's it is very much what you're saying, Brian, and and ultimately it makes me feel like what was the real point of this entire miniseries, right? Um, but that's where Etrigan stands now. I remember when he was like the, one of the big new 52 characters, he was in like so many books. Like he's popping nuts. up all the time. Oh yeah. Popping up all the time. Rhyming. He's a rhyming fool. Gone, gone. The form of man. Rise the demon. Gene Parmesan. <laughs> Gene Parmesan. I think that I'm, I'm finally getting to the point with that joke where I'm not laughing uproariously at it. I'll, I'll put it a bit to bed for like six months and bring it back. Uh, there you go. But it makes me laugh every time I think about it. You'll spring it on us at a time when we're not talking about Etrigan at all. Exactly. Then. I'll just bring it up in the middle of, uh, you know, Justice League number six. Something. Mm-hmm. Um, that brings us to the Flash number. Uh, is it forty-five already? Yeah, forty-five. Written by Josh Williamson, illustrated by Christian Duce. Um, this is just sort of a, a wrap-up issue from the arc before, just to, to give a sort of status quo. Update on everybody, you know, um, uh, August is on the lam, Mina is in prison, um... But it's, like, good in prison. Yes. She's, like, happy about it. Yeah. Um, Avery's going back to Justice League of China, Wallace is gonna be a part of the Teen Titans, and in, in big news, Iris remembers Wally. Yeah. And Wally remembers everything. Yes. So I have a couple of questions throughout the comic, but you guys talk while I pull up my questions. Okay. Uh, so obviously the big crowd pleaser is that final splash page. And and everybody knows the DC3 loves that stuff. Loves it. Loves it. Flips for it. Oh, my God. Um, but there really wasn't much in that one. Well, Impulse, Impulse was there. Was he? Okay, maybe I missed that. Oh, man. Go back and look. Let me look at it. Okay. Yeah. Um. Is that Impulse or is that his son? Oh, is it? I don't know. Um. Where do you see Impulse? The oh, bottom butt. left? He's farting him out. <laughs> oh, that is Impulse. So there's Impulse's. Yeah, because those are the goggles, farted. right? Yeah. And Bart is there, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Bart and, is 
Well, I, I mean, I'm uh, sorry. Yes, uh, I mean, I mean the other costume. Sorry. Oh, that other that might be Wally though. Is that Wally? Is that young Wally? He has red hair. I don't know. It's really small. I'm looking at it. It's really small, so I can't really. No, I don't know if it's more detailed than that. Yeah, I mean, like other than, I, there's really not. There's not much on here that I feel like he would be remembering that we don't know that he already remembers. He definitely remembers Linda and being married to her. Mm-hmm. He remembers becoming Kid Flash. Yep. I don't know it, who this guy on the right is with the green and white. Well, I believe that's so. That's when Wally was in. Uh. Uh. Barry's costume, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that villain is. Talk, talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to look this up. All right, so Zach, I have a question for you. Yeah. About halfway through the issue, we get a scene of August, and he's being talked to by a character off off screen. Who may or may not be Dr. Manhattan. Okay, so that's... I don't think it's Dr. Manhattan, but I was trying to think of who this could be. Well, I just... that that The blue around the word balloons, like... Well, you know who I thought? When I, who when do you I think? thought Flash book blew around the word balloons? Max Mercury. Uh... Max Mercury acted as sort of a mentor for speedsters in the past. Uh-huh. That makes that makes more sense in the context of what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah, I I initially like my first thought was like Dr. Manhattan because of that blue. That's like such a distinctive blue color. But it just really doesn't make sense right now with yeah with what's going on. And aren't aren't Doctor Manhattan's aren't the whole bubbles blue? The whole the whole bubbles blue. They they usually yeah I think yeah. so. Okay, I can't find who that villain is that Wally is fighting in that panel, but I could have sworn it's like some offshoot of. It's like some version of Captain Boomerang. I thought. I could okay. be wrong on that. Or some similar iteration. I don't know. I got to I got to go back and read Wally West stuff. Yeah. But this was uh this was a fun issue. It it seems to set up a lot for Flash War. Does Flash War start in the next issue? Flash War, I want to say... Yeah, it's either... Next issue is a road to Flash War, so it's like a prelude. (laughs) I want to say it might be two of those and then Flash War. I think you might be right. Let's see. 47 is Flash War Part 1. So yeah, we've got one, one like... Prologue issue and then, um, and then the real deal. Yeah, this is so weird. I don't know if this is like going to be a thing, but right now I'm on like DC's um, page for the Flash comic, uh-huh. and it has the cover for the third deluxe edition of the book. So like collecting issues twenty three through thirty eight, and the cover is like is like a Justice League 
movie variant. Oh, that'd be really weird. Yes, it would be. All oh, right. Man. So, anything else about the Flash? No. Release the Snyder Cut. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag I stand with Zack Snyder. Um. All right. So here's the book I started and couldn't finish: The Hellblazer, number twenty-one. Oh, I didn't even I'd... look at it. Me either. All right. Moving on. Uh, the cover, the worst cover in comics history, The Silence of Number Four. Oh, I like this cover. I love That's how it's just deep like... throating a gun. Yes, yes. I just, it's so bad. I love it. I, I don't know why that's so shocking. I mean, that's what he does at home when he's alone. This is just so comical. Sucking on the guns to own the libs. <laughs> the laser is just like pointing right at his nose. Yep. So cute. Like it looks like his gun is just pressed up against the silencer's face. But hers is just her, like hers what? is full on in his mouth. But he doesn't have a mouth opening on his <laughs> mask. So she just like rammed it in there. It's, it's just smushed really good. <laughs> oh boy. Almost like he should have a word balloon coming out saying something <laughs> witty like, oh, I've uh, bit off more than I can chew. <laughs> oh, Zach. Um, so here's the thing. I don't like this book at all, I don't think. I like what Bogdanovic brings to the art more than what uh, J.R.J.R. did. Um, but I wish he were on a different book. Yep. And the other thing is that even though I like Bogdanovic's art a lot, I don't like his Deathstroke. No, I don't like his Deathstroke either. No, I think it's I think it's really goofy looking. I I don't like this book, <laughs> but I would read it. Forever, as long I will read it as long as Bogdanovic is on it. I'm holding you to that. <laughs> I'm gonna keep reading this book. Like honestly, like cut I to didn't Ju- cut to the June episode of the DC Three Cast. No. I don't read that book anymore. Yeah, uh, I, 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 gosh, you're wrong. I will. If I I enjoyed reading this issue because the art was so good. Yeah, yeah, Bogdanovic is good, very good. I, I it's weird. I like everything except that I was shocked that I didn't like his take on the Deathstroke costume. Some of it's the way it's colored. It's a little it seems a little off to me. Old and new or both. Yep. Oh. And some of it and it just seems a little I think it's the eyes. It's the eyes and it's kind of it's a little lumpy. It's a little it's he seems a little more misshapen than usual. Um you know the pad, like the armor, almost looks like padding in places, kind of like the uh, the shocker from Spider Man. Um, this feels like a more like pre Flashpoint Deathstroke. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I oh man, I can I say I think Bogdanovic. We always compared him to Capullo. Uh huh. I think he's surpassed Capullo. Ooh, Zach. Ooh. Love that hot take. 
This issue is beautiful. Like it is so good. I mean, a big part of it is the coloring too. Like credit where credits do. Who who was the colorist on this? Um, is it FCO? No, it's uh, Mike Spicer. Spicer. That's so interesting because it looks so much like the those early issues of New Fifty Two Batman. And like the funny, color palette. It's funny because Abnett is the writer on this, and we like Abnett stuff. But I think it's going to take like half an arc to get the JRJR stink out of the pages. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's harsh. But yeah. Is it? Is it? I was no. with the Terrifics number three, written by Jeff Lemire, illustrated by oh. <laughs> You can't see it, but I'm stretching out my collar and making <laughs> yeah. shifty eyes. This was really weird. This, this, this was not a good issue, guys. No, it wasn't. There's a lot I don't like about it. It's not just the art. Can I? Yeah. Um, I don't think that this was the original plan for this issue. This felt like filler upon filler. And the la- the final page with Michael Holt Rewatching the Tom Strong Obi Wan message mm-hmm. only confirms that because it felt like this entire issue was a waste to show you at the end that oh yeah the Tom Strong stuff is still coming it's coming next. I mean, am I wrong? The, the no, only this... thing, I, the only thing I like. I'll let, sorry, Zach. I'll let you go in a second. No, you're good. But the only thing I liked about this issue really was. Uh, What's his name telling Java to clean it to yeah. clean it up twice? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a very funny that's a very like uh nineteen seventies Hanna Barbera like yeah, yeah. recurring recurring joke type thing. I, I I audibly laughed the second time he said that. But uh yeah, boy, this felt like complete filler. Yeah. I also don't like no, that there's not, not a yeah. single likable character on the team right now. Oh, I don't know. Michael Holt is a huge fucking dick this whole issue. Yeah. I I like I like Plastic Man. He's the and he's the one that nobody else likes. So well, I, I guess I just said there's not like a traditional protagonist on the team. Sure. Because Rex is not a great is not I feel like he's not super likable. We don't know anything about Phantom Girl. And I, I would think Mr. Terrific is the one who's supposed to sort of hold the team together. But he just gets mad at everybody for having concerns in life. Yeah, and he yeah. goes and hides and jacks off in his lab exactly. while everybody else... What's got up his T-sphere? <laughs> Actual line from the comic. Yep. He's, Plastic I, Man is good, though. Plastic Man's good. Oh, okay, one other thing that I liked from this issue a lot was the weird ball that... Plastic Man and Metamorpho formed the slingshot and ball. Yeah, the the art. Okay, I didn't think the art was very good in this issue on the whole, but the art of him turning into the slingshot is so gross and so much weirder than like mainstream DC comics usually gets. Mm-hmm. It just looks yeah. so bizarre in a fun way. It it really is. The Plastic Man stuff is all really good. Like when he spells out. Go Plastic Go. Yeah. In the Fantastic Four old timey font. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, 
the part where he turns his torso into a sandwich and begins to eat himself. Yep. Who among us has not, you know, I, I oftentimes when I'm particularly hungry, I will imagine things around the room as sandwiches and I'll find myself almost lifted off the ground by the uh, visible smell lines that come across the room and I, I'm carried towards it. And then I find myself taking a bite out of a book sometimes that I believe to be a sandwich. It happens. <laughs> we, who among us has not experienced that? Agreed. I once put my wireless router in my mouth because I imagined it was a, a hamburger. It's not weird. Um, I really hope that next month is Doc Shanner on this book. Um, I think that's the plan. I think I think Tom Strong the, is. The, I think it was supposed to be the first three were Reyes. The next three were. Uh, were that is that is correct. You you mean to tell me that Reyes didn't uh, make it to three issues? To quote former Met closer Billy Wagner, "Fucking shocker." Titans Annual Number Two, written by Dan Abnett, illustrated by the Toms, Grummet, and Derenick. Yeah. Um, I get I get Derenick and Grummet mixed up all the time. Yeah, and they're and they're doing the work together here, which doesn't help. Yep. Um, this is a fun conclusion. I I really dig when superhero comics do the thing where the villain in the end maybe realizes that they were misguided or wrong and they don't, they don't become a hero. They don't become good or anything, but they sort of make a bargain that, all right, I will stop whatever it was I was doing as long as you let me and my buddy free, (laughs) you know? And like, there's almost a change of heart. albeit will be like very temporary for monster Mala here. And, uh, I, I like when comics do that because it's it's a sign that they don't have to be grim and gritty all the time, and these villains don't have to always have this like twisted worldview that can't be changed, right. you know? Yeah. Um. So I really liked that aspect of it, and I also I'm I'm digging the Donna Roy stuff. I it feels like a really authentic uh, friendship, you know. Zach, what say you? Uh, I I agree with the things that Vince said, and I thought this issue was fine. <laughs> I uh, it was a little long. Well, it's an annual. It's an annual. This probably um, could have been a, a a regular single issue. Yeah, but I mean, it's fine. Yeah, the Mala and the Brain stuff was nice. I this like core four member team right here is really good together. Mm-hmm. Um, it is kind of weird how this Titans run was built, though. I, it's weird that um, that Tempest and and Lilith aren't in this at all. In fact, I don't even remember the last time we saw Lilith. Was it the end of the Donna Troy arc? I think so. It might have been, yeah. 
Which and wasn't she, all that long ago, I don't think. I guess that made, like, her and Tempest were romantically tied, right? Yeah. So I guess the, them being taken off the board, you don't miss out, I guess, in any of that soap opera drama You just business. want, like, an editor's box, like, ed, like editor's notes. Yeah. Uh, Lilith and Tempest are fucking right now. <laughs> yes, yeah, basically, yeah, that's what I need, just yeah. to be, just to be squared away. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was, this was good. Uh, speaking of good, let's get to the best book of the week, Trinity number 22. <laughs> Joking. Is this, is this the last one? It is. <laughs> you, you, the, the big letters finale on top of the... Covered in, <laughs> I didn't even away. look at it. I didn't even look at it. <laughs> Written by James Robinson, illustrated by Patrick Zercher. So, I, I, Vince, did you read this? I skimmed it. Yeah. I skimmed both the Robinson books, and I feel like I'm a better person for yeah, it. Yeah, probably. So, there's this moment where... Um, Dimos is, uh, he, he casts a spell that basically says, I, like, this will reverse all your powers and make them weaknesses. And Wonder Woman throws a lasso around him. And because he says all your powers are now weaknesses, the lasso of truth becomes the lasso of lies. And because of that, the things he says are untrue, and therefore he can't cast his spell. Obviously. But the spell's already been cast by that logic. Well, yes, but just for a split second, according to the comic. But it's opposite day, so... Exactly. But also, isn't the lasso of truth something that isn't Wonder Woman's power? Like, it's not her that makes the lasso tell the truth. Right. So shouldn't that not work? That would be like saying if somebody cast a spell that for no magic and then someone's gun didn't work. Yeah, it's a bad comic. It's done. Well, we know the power of every red-blooded American is guns, so... That's true. I don't see why. I don't, where's the flaw in the logic? And last but certainly not least, Wonder Woman number 45... Written by James Robinson, illustrated by Emmanuel Lupacchino. Um, as Zach mentioned during our break, uh, Jason gets his own signature weapon from uh, from his mom. <laughs> Why is that funny? Me, no, just keep going. Just keep going. That's about all I got. Oh man, this is oh. Stupid, sexy, forgetful dark side. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if this is how dark side winds up on the Justice League Odyssey team. I mean, it's got to be, right? Uh... So here, here's, here's a very important question. Who's sexier? This dark side or New 52 Lobo? Oh, new fifty-two Lobo. Well, that's because you have a thing for emo boys, Zach. I do. Yeah, it probably is Lobo. I think I think it's Lobo too. Yeah, but we'll see. Man, I really thought they were just gonna put Jason away. Like they had this portal open up, 
And I thought, like, yes, he's going to go in there and die on the way back to his home planet. <laughs> and, and instead, when Jason's not there, everybody's asking, where's Jason? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not good. And that's literally what happens. Like, he's not there, and Wonder Woman's like, Jason? Where, where are you? Oh, my God, I thought I lost you. And I fucking wish we lost Jason. <laughs> what? Uh... Zach, have you dad? No. Nope. Bring Other on. than you're, 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 we thought we'd lost you made me think of Adventures of Adventures in Solitude, and so now oh, yeah. that's uh, just been like playing in my head, and I got distracted from this comic. We thought back. we lost for a moment. Welcome, we welcome thought we back. lost you, Jason, but yeah, it, uh, it'll all come back. That that's in my top like five or six uh, new pornography songs. It's very good. When I saw them one of the times doing that, the audience tried to clap along to it, <laughs> and like in between singing, Carl kept saying, "Stop clapping." Because <laughs> I guess they were like they were offbeat, so he would sing a line and then say stop clapping or whatever. It was great. <laughs> oh, Carl Newman. Yep. Good man. Good man. Yep. Nico Case. Great woman. Brilliant. Yes. Oh, oh, baby. Except the new album cover is really bad. Oh, it's the worst. One of the worst album covers. You I've know what else is really bad? What today? Janelle Monae tickets went on sale. And she didn't send out the pre-sale code until like four hours after the American Express pre-sale went up, and they were all sold out. Oh no! Yeah, so that's too bad. Yep, I don't think I'm gonna get to this dirty computer tour now. Dirty computer, I. God damn you! That, <laughs> that's a Janelle Monae album. You 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 try and make this joke at least I once just, a week on Twitter. I just thought that that's what happens when they take a blacklight to your laptop. <laughs> They see a dirty computer because it is, in fact, covered with your seed. Well, folks, if you want more humor like that, there's only one place to go, and that's our Twitter accounts. I am at Brian Needs an App. I'm at Dag with two G's. No, you're not. I know, I'm at Vince Ostrowski. I'm at SirFox89. And go to multiversitycomics.com for all your comics needs. And uh, I like how every week we seem to be teasing what's happening next week. So next week we get the DC Nation number zero one shot. Yeah, the twenty the twenty five cent. Yeah, twenty five center, five Bs, so they say. Find <laughs> yes. <laughs> find, <laughs> find out what happens when the Joker finds out Batman's getting married to Catwoman. <laughs> Why did you turn into Neil Hamburger there? Because that sounds like the beginning of a Neil Hamburger joke. Why would the Joker <laughs> get mad if Batman marries Catwoman? <laughs> Why is Superman wearing his underpants on the outside of his pants again? Well, it's because he's a sexual deviant. <laughs> there we go. Good night, folks. I mean, you're gonna disagree. Everybody, I, like, <laughs> I under, I understand. I'm in the vast minority here. It's 
feels crazy to say it. That's okay. It's fun to have those weird controversial opinions that no one will ever agree with. Just ask yeah. Kanye. Yeah. 